Hi, this is Russ Benson. I am a Liverpool supporter, and you're listening to Drunkard United Football Show. You all need Jesus. You know, considering the world is coming to an end, we probably do need a little bit of Jesus in our life, Russ. But uh, fitting that we go ahead and uh, do uh, Liverpool, because we got a little bit to talk about Liverpool today, don't we? Uh, a little interesting weekend for them. Interesting uh, day for them as well. So, Sammy, you ready to do this? I am ready to do this. All right. Well, then, hey, let's start the show. And I was early again. Fuck off. Hello and welcome to the Drunk United Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the interwaves is my cerebral friend, Samuel Graham. Sammy, how are you? Uh, not too bad, thanks, buddy. Uh, yeah, we are recording about 20, uh, 15, 20 miles apart. Uh, you know, there is this whole part in the next part where I talk about where we're recording, and I was going to go ahead and cover all that. So this is just the, how are you doing, Sam? Hey, Sam, how are you doing? Uh, I said I was good, thanks. I do not know why on <laughs> earth my Siri just started working for some reason. That's, that's production Production can, is high today. Can we mute Siri? That was not under my control. <clears throat> yeah, I know. How the how, fuck me? Okay, well, anywho, um, we're recording at Studio H. Well, at least two-thirds of us are, just outside the nation's capital. And the other one is about 20 miles up the road in his lovely abode in Baltimore, Maryland. Um should you want to check out the show, uh, you can find us on just about any podcast platform. Be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with your friends. And should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. And trust me, fuckers, we need you to contact us. Sam, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Absolutely. So they can get in touch uh, on all the social medias. We definitely check our DMs. Uh, that would be on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Show. Um and then dfootballshow at gmail.com to get in touch via email, kind of old school. Which Keith seems to be doing a very good job of every week, and nobody else. So we need some emails, people. Reach out. Come on. We're trying to put a show up for you. We need you to uh, need you to add to uh, the endeavor here a little bit, right? Well, especially when we have fuck all going on. Right, precisely. All right, so Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirits industry, and we both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, even when we're apart, we're gonna va- we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. And Sammy, since we are apart, we're uh, each drinking separate things. So why don't you go ahead and go first and tell us what you're drinking? Yeah, we are drinking separate things for the first time on the show, I might add. Yeah. Um, so I have, and I've uh, on the previous Zoom that we did, uh, patio time, um, last couple of Saturdays, I have my ball Blair 15 year old that I got while we were in England. Uh, still enjoying this, this, uh, this lovely bottle. All right. Anything else you want to say about it? What it's alcohol by volume is, where it comes from in Scotland. Is it a Highland? Is it a space? Why don't you just tell us what, why don't you just tell us what you're drinking first? Uh, normally when I go to you and ask what you're drinking, you know, that normally means I expect you to respond. But that's okay. This isn't the segment that you're normally prepped and prepared and do every fucking week. I am drinking uh, Delback, which is a, um, a Arizona single malt, and I'm showing it for the people on the Zoom today. And this is uh, kind of interesting. From um, So it's a, like a normal single malt. It is 100% barley. 
but instead of using peat smoke, which is what they tend to use in Scotland, uh, they're actually using mesquite smoke. Um, so, because that's the prevalent wood in the area. Um, this is their um, distiller's cut, so it's not cut with any water, uh, barrel proof, as it were. It coming in at uh, 58.2, which is 116.4 proof. Uh, this will run you about 60 to uh, 64.99 on the shelf, and uh, a lovely little whiskey. Very nice. <coughs> awesome. Sorry. Yeah, so mine is a 15-year-old from Ball Blair, uh, which is a Highland single malt. comes in at 92 proof. Um, this one, as we discussed before, is a 700 milliliter because 750 is an illegal size uh, in England, um, which is pretty interesting. Runs 62 pounds, which is about 80 bucks U.S. On the nose, you got honey, gingerbread, and prunes. Uh, on the palate, dark chocolate, mango, banana, and spices, which I actually do get the mango and banana uh, and then the honey up front uh, on the nose and a long, mellow, uh, kind of creamy mouthfeel to it. Excellent. Very good. Very good. And uh, Mel is drinking a little bit of whiskey. And aren't you drinking some vodka, too? I am. I am drinking Rocktown Vodka out of uh, Rocktown, Arkansas. Little Rock. Very close. Shit. Whatever. You almost got it. It's vodka. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, I made my own um, seltzer since we didn't quarantine with any White Claws. Uh huh. So I'm mixing it with Walmart brand black cherry soda. Ah, there you go. I mean, not black cherry, black cherry uh, carbonated water, sparkling water. So there, so Mel, we're lucky. Mel fucks with the black cherry. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty, kids, let's have a good show. Let's do it. Cheers to you, Mr. Graham. That one was a visual clink. All right. Today's word, boys and girls, is furlough. This is what happens uh, for um, a business uh, when an employee, they they can't hold on to their employee, so they let their employee go, and they pay them at 80% of their rate so that they're still making some kind of money, and the government subsidizes 20% of that so that they're only really (laughs) paying 60%. So um, sounds like a really good idea for for, um, companies in a situation like this because, you know, there's going to be a lot of companies that don't survive all of this. Um, doesn't sound. Well, I can understand that. Yeah, doesn't sound so really good for for sports franchises, especially multi-billion-dollar sports franchises. In some cases, it makes sense, which we'll get to. Um, in some cases, they feel a little low rent and uh, expected. And uh, and then in another case, it was just flat out embarrassing. And then how they particularly continued to handle it even more embarrassing. Um, yeah. Uh, first guess is who the first people to do it was, and the first guess doesn't count, Ooh. Sam. Ooh. Who, do you, who do you think? Um, Mike Ashley. <laughs> yes, because because why why wouldn't a man worth two point five billion dollars not take advantage of the government's opportunity to pay twenty uh, percent of his uh, wages to his non essential staff? Ah, uh, yeah, fucking shit show, man. Exactly. So, He's um, just a piece of shit. I'm sorry. Was I supposed to comment on that? Uh, yeah, you know, th- this is shit. called a back and forth, Mike my Ashley's friend. A, Mike Ashley's a fucking piece of shit. And of course, when you know it, earlier in the week, uh, rumors of another takeover came out. Do you think, Sam, that uh, Mr. Ashley might have put out those rumors of another takeover just to make sure that nobody noticed, hey, I'm going to furlough a bunch of my fucking employees? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I am, as we record, I have... Uh, our device here in front of us that we're talking to each other on. I also have my laptop here. 
which I normally don't have. So there is going to be some live admin, and I have a Sky Sports article that is telling us what each of the 20 clubs are doing. Oh, excellent. As it stands right now. Um, and can, I just, uh, just for the sake of what we have lead up here, why don't, um, why don't we go through, you know, just talk about what each club we talk about here is doing, and then we'll talk about all the other clubs yeah, yeah, yeah. after the fact. No, absolutely. I cool. just I want to read what it says specifically for Newcastle because it's funny. Um, the majority of non-playing staff in Newcastle have been furloughed. That includes the entire recruitment department. Also very funny. Fair. They can't spend any money on players coming in because he doesn't know anything about them. <laughs> uh, and their, also their entire academy staff. Oh, okay. Um, sorry about that, Sam. No problem. Um, uh, that includes the entire recruitment department and the academy staff, the foundation department, plus ground staff. So they're going to come back to a potato patch potentially. Um, and many involved behind the scenes in business and commerce because he doesn't give a shit about any of those either. Uh, the managing director, Lee Charnley, remains working full time but from home, as does the head of communication. Um, but all players and coaching staff remain on full pay. Yeah, because the head, what of, a dick. The head of communication. Their job just got really fucking busy. <laughs> yeah, this got pretty goddamn hard. And and I assume I assume he just flat out probably laid off people for Sports Direct, you know, because that's pretty much it surprise me. That's you know cashier yeah, jobs and stocker jobs, and and unfortunately it's just the way it is. But you know, I mean, those are the people that are definitely losing their jobs currently. But also in some instances. <clears throat> You know, for like a sporting goods store, it's not like you're essential to the marketplace. So you'd almost rather, if you're an hourly person, be let go so you can go get unemployment. Because otherwise, exactly. you'd be making zero hours at, and it wouldn't matter what the fuck the uh, pay rate was, you'd be making zero fucking dollars because you're putting in zero fucking hours. Um, 100%. <laughs> um, so what do you think of my uh, my thought there? Do you think that the, um, that he, that the, that the takeover rumor is simply just that. And he's up to his old tricks again. Cause it always seems like whatever he wants to do something fucking rancid and wrong and fucked up, he'll get, he'll get it thrown out there that, Oh yeah, there's going to be a takeover to make everybody pay attention to that and not pay attention to him being a dick. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> that's, um, uh, he will not sell the club. Uh, that's pretty much guaranteed. Uh, he's done this each of the last, what, five transfer windows mm -hmm. and he started most of those rumors himself um it's just it i mean you wrote specifically is mike ashley up to his old tricks again and plain and simply yes it is yeah absolutely um, he's taken he's taken the the way out that saves him the most money um and really it's a, a financial loophole but it's kind of dickish to do you know what i mean mm -hmm. um he can afford it uh, he can afford to pay his players. The club can afford to pay, uh, not the players, I'm sorry, uh, the, the, the staff. Um, the club can afford to pay the staff. And instead, he's chosen to have them paid at 80% by somebody else instead. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's bad all the way around. But that's, that's how he chooses to run his business. It's a, a Looney Tunes operation as is. Um, and it just got, you know, kind of dark and dreary on top of that it's it's kind of sad to be honest with you but that's you know he's he's an american businessman living in england basically um so leading he's an englishman who was trained as an american businessman because it's greed at the highest level heard let's so, let me rephrase that 
so leading into the um the next team that followed suit uh shocker tottenham um Again, not surprising because this club is just notoriously tight with the purse strings. Um, but they did just happen to build a new stadium. And when people go, oh, well, what a great expense of a stadium, you also got to remember they're getting the benefits of a brand new stadium right now currently, too. Um, you know, full, right. full sellout of season tickets and people coming to see the stadium, people coming to the gift shop. Like, so not great it. right now. They're not playing soccer or, or football, forgive me. But it's still... They had the benefits of that, um, and just just Spurs being Spurs, Sammy. Uh, yeah, well, Daniel Levy being Daniel Levy, he's of the same ilk as uh, as Mike Ashley. Yeah. Um, what does it have to say? One of five hundred. He is one of five hundred fifty non-playing staff at Tottenham taking a pay cut to quote unquote protect jobs amid the coronavirus crisis. Uh, there are 2018-2019 accounts published on Companies House showed Daniel Levy earned a three million pound bonus on top of his four million pound salary delivering the club's new sixty two thousand seater stadium. So because he got the stadium built, he made three million pound off of it. Mm. Which I don't really understand that one. Um but I get whatever. Um the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust has since urged the club uh the club's players to take a pay cut. Yeah, what this says, which we'll come on to uh, in a bit. That's well, that's exactly what I was. Uh, the very next line that I had written is uh, multiple players. I believe it's uh, f- uh, five current players are making over a hundred thousand dollars a week. Um, and here's my question to you, Sam, and I'll give you my answer when you're done. Is it the player's responsibility to take a pay cut? No, they are on contract, and that contract needs to be fulfilled. Um, if they would want to donate, if they want to do, you know, what have you, that's their prerogative to to do so but these stadium staff and these people are not employees of the players they are employees of tottenham hotspur football club mm-hmm. and they are not contracted employees in a lot of cases so legally they don't need to do anything take a pay cut none of that the club has to pay the players their wages despite what's going on right now yep and it is not their responsibility to pay the stadium staff and, and the, the gift shop staff and the, you know, that kind of stuff. That's not, they don't work for that. They work for the club and the club should be doing the right thing. You mean to tell me runners up and the, uh, not runners up third place in the league, uh, last season, if I remember correctly, runners up in the champions league, old Tottenham. Yep. Finalists in the champions league. Yeah. Runners up. They finished cause they lost to Liverpool. Um, and a, a big piece of that fat, uh, TV deal. And you mean to tell me that you can't afford to pay people for six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks? Come on. Yeah, it's it's a little disappointing because, you know, their their TV deal is a little bit more lucrative than others. You know, it's it's scaled the TV deal in the Premier League. There's a base that all teams get. But if you're on TV more, you make more money. Um, Yeah, And then prize money just in general is divvied up on where you finish. Precisely. So um, my, my thought process on the players is, um, and I, as some of you may have already heard me rant about this on other occasions, but there's a finite amount of time that a player has value and a finite amount of time in which a player can make a maximum amount of money. 
Um, it is we who paid the tickets. It's we who supported it. In, and those, those the, the scale of pay has gone astronomical, but we've supported it all along. And it's what we want as fans is we want our teams to be the best. Um, we need to keep in mind that these are billionaire owners giving money to millionaire players. Uh, like you said, Sam, if the players want to donate, they want to help, they're more than welcome to. But if they also want to make sure that them and their family are comfortable for the rest of their lives for the short period of time in which they get to have a career, let's face it, 10 years is a long career in, in, in professional sports. Mm-hmm. All the rest of us work careers that last 30, 40 years. They get 10 well, fucking I, years. Yeah, so. absolutely. To, and the, just beyond that, <laughs> sure, they work every day. They train, right, for you know, five, six hours. They play on the weekends. But they don't really get to live their lives no. necessarily. Yeah, I mean, a it's, a, it's times, a trade-off. It's a trade-off for stardom, yes. No, absolutely. But I'm not talking about stardom. I'm talking about they're on a very regimented diet. They don't drink like they used to. They don't. They can't right. go out and just do what the fuck they want. They're right. away from their families in a lot of cases, right? They're not home with their families every day. They're, you know, in the case of the top seven or so. Yeah, you don't disrupt. You don't disrupt your child's life if if you lived in the city of Manchester, but you play for a London club. You go live in London while you're playing for the club, and you let your family continue to go to the the kids go to the same schools and things like that because you don't want to fuck up their routine, you know. Right, and and not not even just that. I'm saying, you know, Tuesday night you're flying out to go to Ludogrets in, you know, bum fuck Eastern Europe somewhere. <laughs> Right, you know, to play, you fly home Friday morning. Well, now you miss three days at home for one game on a Thursday afternoon. You know what I mean? Or Thursday night. There's, you know, you leave Friday night to get up to Newcastle from Bournemouth. So you sleep in a hotel. You don't come home until either late Friday, late Saturday night. Kids already asleep or Sunday morning. Yeah, like they just they sacrifice. A, there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into being a professional athlete. Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot more shit. <laughs> Me and you can go about our lives and never have to. You know, never have to run at all if we don't want to. Right. Well, they and, can't live like that. They and, have to do these things, and you get paid to make those sacrifices. And I'm completely okay with that. And and for those who who decide to give um, towards charity and helping people, I applaud them. But to those Absolutely. who don't, to those who don't, I, I'm not your finance manager. It's not my. Yeah, it's not right. I don't so blame me you know, like like currently, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm afforded a little bit of luxury to be able to be a little charitable right now and take care of people that are important to me in this you know in this time. Um, if this was a few years ago, I might not have been able to, and I would have hate to have been judged for you know just because I couldn't at that time. You know, and we don't right. know what we don't know what everybody's financial status is. We don't know the Latin player who is shipping home his entire paycheck to make sure that not just his family, but his, you know, his cousins and aunts and uncles and everyone's being taken care of. We don't know. We 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 don't know yeah, what you, anybody's I mean, personal you also life don't is. Know what, you also don't know what how much of this cash that they make is liquid. They might get a paycheck and invest, a, you know, eighty five thousand pound of it. And right. keep fifteen thousand pounds for themselves. You very know what true. I mean? You don't very, know that. Very true. The the other the other thing, and I, I hate sound. I'm not saying people should not be paid a livable wage. That's not the argument I'm making. But you pay more for talent than you do for menial jobs. You do. I can't go out on the football pitch and do what they do. If I could, I'd be making that kind of money. Any and anybody can ring up someone at a register in the gift shop. True. 
they don't need a 15 million pound contract to do that. So the, that talent is what's getting paid for. I'm not, again, I don't want this to come off crass. I'm not saying that people don't deserve a livable, a livable wage. They right. do deserve a livable wage. But, but, but looking, looking to the players. No, absolutely. There's no skill involved with the kid at the gift shop yeah. doing replica shirts. The one, the one, the, 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 the people you should be looking at are the ones that give them the opportunity to work, which is the ownership. So I, I think well, it's and, totally and there's, there's the other thing. Those owners, what, what skill do they have? Uh, they normally they're, have done well in the business world to get themselves to the well, point that, that they were able it. to buy Any, a new anybody toy. Anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. Right. If you teach, so anybody can do that. Yep. No. Um. Well, I mean, it's also let's face it. This is their toy. A professional football club to ninety percent of the owners, they've made their millions and billions someplace else, and this is their toy. This is what. Oh they, yeah. This they, is this is completely their dick waving contest. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, That's like you remember. You remember Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder both getting super yachts in the same summer. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because Dan Snyder's was the first one that had an IMAX theater on it. Yeah, yeah, because they needed to do a dick waving contest. Absolutely. Um, so one hundred percent. That's just how it goes. So the next couple of clubs that followed suit were actually smaller clubs. Uh, you have uh, Norwich and Bournemouth. In the case of Norwich, um, well, well, first off, I just want to say when we talk about these two teams collectively. Sam, do you feel a little bit different about them doing the furloughing as opposed to, say, like a, a Tottenham? Yeah, because they're such a small club just in general. And they they came up from the championship last season and are, I mean, just odds on to go down. Right, which means, uh, this season, which which means will, next year there's going to be less staff working the gates. There's going to be less staff in the uh, gift shop. There's going to be less people there's just going to be less employees next year because there's going to be less money to pay said employees. And there's also going to be less fans in the stands than there were currently. Now here's where Norwich saves face. Mm -hmm. Okay. Norwich have placed their non playing staff on furlough leave, but have stated they will ensure the club tops up their salaries to make up their full-time wages. So they've done, they've, they've done the furlough. Right, so the, the the employees are getting paid eighty percent of their wages. The club is going to pick up that twenty percent and make sure they don't miss a beat. Uh, so that they but don't have to. It saves, yeah, it saves them the cash. I mean, something like this when they don't have that match day revenue to these types of clubs is huge. And oh, if yeah. they don't have that match day revenue when they go down, <laughs> it's going to be fuck all next summer. I mean, there'll be a bare bones staff they're working with. Well, you and, know what I mean, and that is exactly where I was going to lean into the next club, Bournemouth. Um, we, you know, since we've been doing the show, and since heck, we've, you know, for the for the past what four years, four or five years now, Bournemouth has been in the Premier League. But a lot of people don't know this. This is one of the smallest clubs in in the country. Like there are teams in League One who are of the same size as as Bournemouth. Bournemouth is not a I huge club. I think Bournemouth club. has the smallest ground in the Premier League as well. Yes, they do. So so for somebody like them and the fact that they're in trouble doesn't particularly help, but um I feel like that's that's a kind of club where you kind of look at it and you go, "Uh, I want to I don't, you know, I don't necessarily feel that bad about about them necessarily doing the furloughing." What does it say for them, Sam, in your report? Uh so um the club have furloughed 50 members of their staff, but they are committed to paying their salaries in full. 
So it seems as if, uh, even though they didn't say it explicitly, that they're going to pick up that 20% also. Uh-huh. Um, but man- manager Eddie Howe has taken a voluntary pay cut, as has his assistant Jason Phil, technical director Richard Hughes, and their chief executive Neil Blake <coughs> have all taken voluntary pay cuts. Okay. Again, their prerogative to do so, you know? Right. Uh, like I said, legally, they are contracted employees. So once mm. that contract is there, as long as there is no breach, you have to pay that legally have to pay that contract. Yeah. I mean, all, I mean, all that being said, if I was if I was the gaffer of a Premier League club, I would definitely be giving up some of my wages to make sure that employees got paid. I would I would, yeah, just because so, I feel it would be the right thing to do. But it's also that's my own personal decision to make. The next guy doesn't have to do that. No, absolutely. And if you look at what happened in the NBA when they when they talked uh, started suspending stuff here, the only owner that I saw was Mark Cuban, came out and said, "I'm going to pay the stadium workers, mm-hmm. right? What they would have made for every game we miss, right? I'm going to pay them for what our schedule was, the days they would have worked." Um, for other teams, <laughs> players were saying, "I think Carmelo Anthony did uh, for the Knicks, um, uh, along with another teammate." I think somebody else did in Atlanta. Uh, the players were actually going to go and pay the wages of the stadium workers, and the owners are just sitting back there, you know, eating shrimp cocktail and wanking off. Right. Fuckers, man. And good on the players. I mean, well done to you. That's a very nice thing to do. But, you know, what dickheads? You know what I mean? So um, this next one, follow along if you will. This is going to be a mouthful of stuff to say. And then <laughs> the champions of fucking Europe take the kickback confirming why we all 1000% hate fucking Liverpool. Um, and then, Oh, don't wait two hours later, uh, two hours earlier today, they go, Oh no, 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 wait, everybody gave us a bunch of shit. We're sorry. We're not doing it now. We're not doing it now. Um, uh, damage is already done. Isn't it, Sammy? I mean, that that's a bad, um, bad fucking look. All right. So let's, See, let's see. This. Liverpool have reversed the government's furlough scheme to pay non-playing club staff, apologizing to fans for coming to the wrong conclusion. "Quote unquote." The club had planned to use the scheme to pay around 100 of those staff members whose work had been affected by the suspension of the Premier League. A move which was criticized by former players uh, and Sky Sports pundit, I believe, Jamie Carragher mm-hmm. uh, and uh, 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 Dietmar Hamann, the old German uh, guy. This is absolutely fucking ridiculous to me. The Fenway Sports Group have hand over fist had record profits in the last ten years. Yeah, and that's people- after that's after paying for Nabi Keita, uh, Fabinho, Mohamed Salah when they brought him in, uh, Saeed Omane from Southampton. That's after spending all this. They have recorded record profits. Uh, this past this didn't... past year was uh, forty five million was uh, for for their fiscal year forty five million in profit. And what would it what would it cost you? What do you what do you think it would cost you for stadium staff for twelve weeks? Even extended four months, sixteen weeks. Let's what do you say, think? Let's million say, buck. I'd say ten million at the most. Yeah, let's say. 10 I think million. that's generous. Yeah. To be completely honest, I think that's generous. Um, <coughs> I think it's a little ridiculous. I think it would cost them maybe maybe a million and a half, two million. 
Um, and they couldn't they couldn't do that. John Henry couldn't take a, a fucking uh, a cut to his pay for six months. He's a billionaire. Like, it's, rid- it's ridiculous to me. A club of this stature, a club of this size, a club that's known for taking care of their own. You know, you think of what they did with at, at uh, the Heisel Stadium tragedy in Hillsborough and all of those different things. You think what's been from the way it, it, it's supposed to in tradition and folklore huddle around themselves and, and come together as a community. And this is how they choose to handle this bullshit. Come mm, on. This is also the same, also the, the same club that has uh, evicted people from around uh, properties around the stadium, uh, forcing them out at a cheap price just so they can rebuild the stadium and make it bigger and bigger and bigger too. So they, they, there's a thing with liver with with people from Liverpool, and this includes Evertonians as well. Uh, typically nicknamed Scousers, and a lot of people from the Liverpool area will say they're Scousers before they're Englishmen, and this kind of you know us against the world mentality. And then your your major club takes a fucking kickback from the government. What does that say about you if you're, you know, quote Scousers not Englishmen? <laughs> like, just kind of off-putting and <clears throat> i mean for for all the goodwill that they built up for themselves as far as being media darlings this year and having a very very good season um i i personally think it's all tarnished now i mean corona was already killing it you know for if they wanted it would be a tainted season i think now it's tarnished even more because people aren't going to be rooting for them other than obviously you know liverpool supporters i completely agree with you um i don't know that this has much to do in terms of tarnishing the premier league as much as it just as, as it does tarnishing liverpool football club yeah just as an institution <laughs> Well, the key- um, I think the the league the league itself has already been tarnished, falling out of the FA Cup, falling out, or I'm sorry, the League Cup, falling out of the um, uh, the Champions League as they did, and they, they did lose in the last round of the FA Cup, didn't they? As feels like yep. ages ago yep. now. Lost to Chelsea. Um, yeah, but so now being out of those three cup competitions as well, it it doesn't doesn't have the same stardom. I mean that that in and of itself is already tarnished. Um, if they decide to just end the league and give it to them because they will 99.9% win it, it'll tarnish it even further. But I think that's the only thing that can further tarnish the league uh, championship itself. Just the club um, itself. You feel the, the, uh, the, the allure of the club is tarnished because of this. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, I, I, as, as much as I hate them as a club watching, you know, what happened at Hillsborough um, and every year on the anniversary, which is coming up soon. Um, and rightly so, everybody coming together. Your boys get involved, even. Yep. Everyone standing outside the steps of the club and singing You'll Never Walk Alone when the police, the Yorkshire Police Department finally said, yeah, we covered it up. It was a, a problem with security. It was a problem with ticketing. It was us that did it. It was our fault. And Evertonians and Liverpoolians alike stood there together singing You'll Never Walk Alone outside of Anfield during the press conference. Yeah, Just what happened in Turkey at Heysel against Juventus when the wall collapsed and killed a bunch more supporters. Just uh, they always rally around each other. It has this folklore of being bigger than, you you know, debate that one because that's the one that got uh, England all kicked out of European competition, a.k.a. us out of fucking European competition 
because they started the riot. That's well, that's one they started. But people still lost their lives. Football right. supporters still lost their lives. And my point is, is the club circled around those family members and the club came together as a community organization. And then they do the housing thing, which I think is more Fenway. Right. Um, not having ties to the community, not giving a shit, <laughs> as opposed to Liverpool Football Club. But this type, like this is a specific to the chairman that's there, boots on the ground every day running the club. Oh yeah, let's take the handout. Fuck that. Like it goes against everything that Liverpool's supposed to stand for. It's you know, you'll never walk alone unless coronavirus hits, and then you guys can fuck right off. Yeah. So maybe they're gonna just. It doesn't make any asterisk. sense. Yeah, that's pretty much what we're saying. It just that to me that it's bullshit in my opinion. That that this should have never fucking happened. You know what I mean? They should have, you know, we'll pay you double because yeah. of what's going on. We'll we'll pay for your mom's cremation because she died from this. Yeah, that's what Liverpool is supposed to do. That's what their their tradition is of of circling around the community and protecting their own, which is great, fine. But then you can't turn around and do this and expect to have the same oomph in the in the in the community. It's ridiculous to me. Well, I I think it's uh, very well pointed out that since they decided to take this money, they've admitted they're a smaller club. <laughs> Got you mid drink on that one. <laughs> you think mid drink on that one? Um. All right. So uh, I want you to kind of recap the highlights of of people, but the one that I definitely want to bring up right off the bat is um I know that there's one club that has flat out come out and said we are paying everybody no matter fucking what um and we give them a hard time all the time because well they are who they fucking are but um Manchester United flat out came out and said yeah we're paying everyone no don't don't even don't even worry about this furlough nope nope uh uh-uh. uh everybody's getting paid and they're the wealthiest club in the world and can afford to do that but it was nice to see that they just immediately came out and said we're going to put this to rest right now well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call out both Manchester clubs because City have confirmed they will not be furloughing any of their non-playing staff. Uh-huh. Uh, and United unequivocally said um, they will not be using the government's uh, furlough scheme to protect 900, 900 excuse me, full-time members of staff during the current pandemic. In an email addressed to those affected, Chief uh, Executive Ed Woodward, for all of his dickheadery over the last couple of years, confirmed that the club would instead continue to pay all employees as if they were working as usual. Good on So him. no pay cut, no nothing. We're just going to cut you your check. You stay home and be safe. That's well done. There is nothing from Manchester City. All they said is they're not furloughing. So I don't know if they're cutting wages. I don't know what they're doing. Right. Um, but they are going to continue to pay people, which is commendable. That's the way to go. United, on the other hand, is paying them in full as if they worked. Yeah. So, Sammy, uh, tell me about your boy Kroenke. What's he doing over there at Arsenal? So, apparently, discussions are ongoing between the club and players over wages. However, this will not be straightforward due to the fact that the players are on different contracts. No decisions have yet been made on furloughing staff. Any change will go hand-in-hand with what is decided with the players. Casual staff like stewards, uh, the people that sit on the side and stop uh, Everton pitch invaders from running on to Chelsea, yep. um, will be paid in full until April 30th. Got it. And those those types of people are game day only. So they're being paid as if there was a game. That's it. 
Yeah, so um, they may miss a game, uh, essentially miss a game or two. Yeah, so club club employees uh, are being paid at the moment, and we'll see what happens when the players decide what to do. Heard, heard. Um, uh, how about uh, which again? I don't understand what that has to do with anything. How about uh, my boy Marishi? What's he uh, What's he doing with Everton? Uh, Everton are not taking advantage. <laughs> it's a funny way to. It's kind of like a backhanded. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Uh, uh, ever- of, of course, because you know, and uh, I, if if Liverpool would have stuck with doing the furlough, somehow the press up there would have figured out a way to make it sound like Everton are the villains and Liverpool are the heroes for doing it. Oh, go ahead. Sorry well, for interrupting you. I'll take no, I'll take just, my blue colored glasses off again. This opening statement just sounds to me like uh, like I got a coupon in my pocket, but I'm not going to use it. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, Everton are not taking advantage of the government's furlough scheme and currently have no plans to do so. They are also committed to paying all directly engaged match day and not match day casual workers uh, unable to work. So they're going to keep paying them. Regarding <laughs> wage cuts and deferrals for players, the club is awaiting the outcome of discussions between the Premier League and the union, uh, the players union. Uh, at this time, all players and staff remain on full pay. Yeah. Um, and Mushari's got the money. Yeah, uh, and and for the most part, um, I I mean I I can't like recant everything that they've been doing, but there's been a lot, a lot of uh, in the community work that Everton has been doing so far with people. Like, I mean, even if it's just as simple as like you know, Bill Kenwright calls up and uh, talks to. Uh, talks to someone's mom for a half an hour because she's all by herself at her house. You know, <laughs> just uh right. little 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 dumb things, which is I mean that's that's a lot of what Everton is too is kind of the uh the um you know the the red-headed stepchild of the uh city even though it's blue. Um the, right. yeah. but they they tend <laughs> to be a little bit more active in the community than uh than say than say Liverpool is and you know it's that's also Liverpool's prerogative. Um, I, I would say there has been some talk amongst players. A few players have come out and said, you know, we're trying to figure out something to do collectively, which is probably the smart way to go about doing it. You go through the union and the union goes, okay, everybody, we're going to give up 5% of our pay, you know, or we'll, right. sca- yeah, we'll, what have you, yeah. we'll, we'll scale it. Someone on the minimum is only giving up 1%, but, you know, someone on a hundred grand a week is, you know, giving up uh, 10%, you know. Well, the other thing that they can do too is completely defer until we play the games. Right, precisely. So where I wouldn't normally get paid during the summer at yeah. all I, until preseason started. If right. we move the games, then like I won't get paid now, and then pay me on June 10th when I play Villa. Right, or 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 I'm getting paid now, and when I played Villa on June 10th, fucking I'm not Don't getting paid. Me. Right, it's it's yeah. pretty simple. Um, now the one last question, and we'll wrap this uh, topic up because we've still got a few other things to get to financial fair play. This has quite a bit of bearing really for two clubs in particular. Um, you know, uh, both myself and producer Mel with both of our clubs kind of being looked at, right. And, uh, you know, over the last few years, Everton's lost about a hundred million in, uh, in money. They, they haven't been particularly profitable and a lot of it's, it's salary, um, they're doing the best they can as far as game day gates go. But let's say a team like Everton or a team like Villa does not take a furlough and 
thus eating that cost, that is more money they're going to lose, and they aren't going to be able to make that money back. Should financial fair play still apply, or should there be uh, extenuating circumstances, or should it be handled on a case-by-case basis? Um, I don't know in terms of non-playing staff. I don't and and coaching staff. I don't know what in that situation um actually counts and doesn't count towards financial fair play. Cuz like apparently upgrading your facilities doesn't have anything to do with it. Hmm. Okay. So M- Mushari can go out and spend 6 billion dollars if he wants on a new training facility and that has fuck all to do with financial fair play because it's not he can put his own money into that if salaries v profitability is essentially right what and then the, the buying and selling of players right versus profitability right. exactly so and then it's playing staff wages coaching staff wages and it, which i don't even know if the coaching staff goes against it for real mm-hmm. finance first off financial fair play is very convoluted which is why we can't fully figure it out and we've been dealing with it for four years now right um more longer than that be honest with about eight years now and um so i'm not i'm not sure where and if that comes into play they will have to make some sort of exception for playing staff wages at this point because there's no match day revenue there's and it's out of the club's control it's not like they couldn't fulfill their fixtures right this was the government telling them fuck you you're not playing well and the rest of their fixtures are could very well be played behind closed doors so there's loss of revenue. Right. Because what they're going to so have to do, if they close exactly. the stadium, they're going to have to give that ticket money back to the ticket holder, you know? That or they're going to have to do something like, I know some other clubs, like lower league clubs, have already said, hey, look, you gave us the money for this season. If they end up getting played behind closed doors, by the way, your next season's already on us. Like, they just, right. you know. Well, the other thing, too, is the, the t- they may have to pay some of the TV money back. Right. If they don't fulfill the season, that's been threatened already. <clears throat> which by, which by Sky and a couple others. Which one would argue TV should be doing just fucking fine right now? TV should be doing better than fine right now. What all do no, we have right. to do right now? We can go out and take a walk, or we can let the warm, comfortable glow of the television set subdue us into no, you're, a nice, you're, subtle coma. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. But the thing, like, I paid right. I'm NBC or Sky Sports or whoever. I wrote you a fucking check to show me Premier League games. Where are the Premier League games? Right. That's a breach of contract. That contract says you have a Premier, you have five Premier League games for me every weekend, and right now you're not doing that. Right. So but, uh, we but, either want a rebate, we want a discount on next season, or give them a fucking money back, man. Well, which which you figure there'll be a rebate. Oh, there'll be. I mean, not a rebate, it, but that's not be, just for England. That's for uh, everybody. That's I'll, for I'll La say Liga, next, That's for Italy. Right. I'll say next season there'll be some discounts, right, to make sure you get people in. But I mean, let's face it. Okay, a subscription to NBC Gold for us costs about sixty bucks if you buy it at the start of the season, fifty nine ninety nine thereabouts. Um, yep. they could argue you had access to every single Premier League game all the way up into that point, and you got two-thirds of the season. Now, the truth being told is, is I'm not watching the rest of that, unless if I was, like, for me, I do a podcast, so I do watch those games. But to the average Joe Schmo fan, you know, Arsenal fan, 
they're only they only have NBC Gold to watch Arsenal play four fucking times out of the season on NBC right. Gold. That's all they uh, fucking that is all they fucking care about. It's the only reason since why we haven't been in the Champions League. We're not on we're not on TV time either anymore. Right. Fair, oh, fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. But um um you know for somebody like me, like I need gold because I'm only on TV when I'm playing a big club. That is it. Or unless right. I You're am on the, TV the morning game. Year, yeah. yeah, I'm either the morning game or the 12 o'clock, the, the, the night game. If I'm one of those games, then sure, I'm on TV. But for, right. the, most, for the most part, I'm not on TV. So no, I, I'm with you. No, I understand what but, you're saying. But let's say, what is that inherent cost, right? Like, what is it? Maybe $5 to me cost, like, what it costs them to provide me with that service. And they're already making 55 off of me. <sighs> You know, they, they, it's 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 affordable for them. They can roll it back and go, oh, okay, hey, because of what happened last year, it's forty nine ninety nine this year instead. I think I got a bargain, and they're still making profitability. They're just not making as high of a profitability. Right, and it, I'm not saying to us. I'm saying to the clubs that reap the hundreds of millions of pounds. Yeah, yeah. So, well, and to I'd... us, they can also say, hey, we gave you greatest goals. From every season from 2009, there was content. Um, you you know, pay for content. We gave you content. You get the golf channel. You get this. You get that. You, all those other things as well. I will say at least NBC did give me a replay of the 2013 uh, Side Derby where Kevin Morellish kicked the ever-loving shit out of Luis Suarez, and it was brilliant. <laughs> um, so we've got um, a couple of quick things here. Um first off really not much to say but just a sad story and it and it's bears being mentioned uh the C- manchester city's gaffer uh pep guardiola uh, unfortunately lost his mother of uh, uh she passed away at the age of 82 and from complications from covid um yeah it's, it's very sad that well and what's what's tough is is we have to remember in this situation is everyone's isolated so he's in england his, you know, his his grandmother is in fucking, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, his mother is in. Um, is in Barcelona. Yeah, Barcelona. Uh, uh, Mereza Barcelona. Uh, forgive uh, me. Her name was uh, Dolores Salacarrio. Yeah. For, forgive me there. Um, I just saw producer Mel throw off the headphones and run out of the room because uh, Jamie Vardy, uh, yeah, the fox is up by the coop again. So <laughs> I think she's going out there to fuck with the fox. So. Well, I have, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. My wife. It's it's uh, about eight thirty at night on Monday here, and uh, I have a feeling my wife is going to be up all night long with the BB gun in the backyard at the flashlight as soon as we're done recording the show. Well, that's what happens when it's a beautiful seventy degrees outside today. Yeah. The wildlife likes to take a walk. Yeah. So, um, not not that um, you know, one person's mother is more important than another person's mother, but. You know, it's it's a hell of a note for Pep that he's he's not able to go be there by her side. And, um, you know, I know I know I mean, it's it's tough for each of us to talk about. But, you know, Sam, I I was by my father's side when he passed away. I was by my mother's side when she passed away. You were by your father's side when he passed away. Uh, you, you at least I mean, well, you and your dad and my dad, we both found our fathers dead. But yes. but but we were there. Ima- yeah. Imagine losing a loved one, and, and not you can't even get home. You can't fucking yeah. be there. Like, 
you can't have a funeral. You can't like you can't do anything. And you know, it's uh, it's being noted because it's the uh, because it's one of the most successful managers in in football history. But um, this is happening to a lot of people, and it's really it's really sad to hear. And it just makes your heart break when you when you see a story like this. Um, Absolutely, yeah, it's 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 <coughs> terrible. Of course, Everton, Liverpool, uh, Manchester United, um, Arsenal, everybody's, you know, wishing him well and doing the right thing there. Uh, actually, I have something here from Liverpool that says, um, we were still going to beat you to the title, but if it's any consolation, uh, we, we're very sorry about your mom. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, we really meant to say deepest consol- uh, condolences from everybody at Liverpool. Our thoughts are with Pep and his family. Yeah. Probably Jurgen Klopp going, let me lick your tears. Let me lick your tears, Pep. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, it is very sad. Is producer <clears throat> Mel back yet? No, no, no. She's still running amok. So <laughs> we still got a few more she's things still, to talk. We still got a few more things still to talk zombie, about. Zombie, zombie land outside. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, I, by the way, by the way, everybody, thank you very much for kind of dealing with us. We're figuring this out as we go along. This is our first time doing a show like this. Um, and yeah, but however, it is imperative to both the show and just your guys' household that Kitty the Chicken remain safe. Fuck yeah. And if Jamie, if Jamie Vardy's up there lurking, well, you know what? He doesn't take breakups easily, man. He does not take breakups <laughs> easily. He, he's you know? up there pining after her. That's so, right. So, um, uh, uh, the next, uh, the next little thing that I had for you too, uh, was we actually got a question, like I said before, from our boy Keith, our Newcastle uh, supporter in uh, in Baltimore, which is which is nice because you know, I mean, at least we're getting a question. Um, and I need to uh, pull up his photo here, his uh, email, um, and and he's also uh, throwing in a little bit of pot shots here too. So, are you ready? Um, yeah, I'm prepared. Uh, assuming the alleged uh, Newcastle Football Club takeover isn't total BS, which we both believe it is completely total BS, to deflect from 100%. Mike to deflect from Mike Ashley's uh, most recent PR disaster, uh, do we think the owner would retain Steve Bruce? Should they? Has their performance? Uh, has his performance as a manager earned him a second season? Um, I believe they're terribly lucky uh, that the rest of the league stinks. And that he has failed to develop uh, a few talented players, St. Maximon and Almiron, to name a few, uh, into a relevant attack. Um, I'd like to hear your opinion. By the way, hope this was short enough for you. All right, so <laughs> Keith, here's the bit. All right, That's so Keith, a dig. So, so that's a dig. Well, I'm gonna dig back, Keith. Here's what you need to do. You're you're getting better at the emails. Just ask the fucking question. Don't need your conjecture. You can go ahead and conjecture with us via all of our social medias, and we'll be more than glad to talk back and forth with you. Sam, aren't we always checking our DMs, as you like to say? Always. Slide right in, man. We're there. Oh. So, um, all right. So let's go ahead and talk about this, and then we've got a very special uh, segment when we do uh, prediction time. Do you think if a new man, if a new ownership takes over, do you think Steve Bruce has done enough to save his job? Um, no, because it's not Steve Bruce doing it. Yeah, <laughs> let's start there. That's exactly the answer. It's not Steve Bruce. Um, Steve Bruce found <laughs> Rafa's uh, 
tactic book and successfully washed off enough throw up from Mike, uh, Mike Ashley. <laughs> um, he found that tactic book that, that uh, Rafa tried to burn on the way out in the fireplace that Ashley puked into. Mm-hmm. Uh, he managed to salvage enough pages to, uh, what are they, 11th? Yes. 12th? Uh, no, they're uh, they're 12th, I believe. Uh, Everton is 11th, or no, they're 13th, and Everton is 12th. I think, yeah, it's uh, it goes Everton, Newcastle, Southampton. They're 13th. Yeah, they're 13th. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's done enough and, and salvaged enough players uh, pages. I'm sorry from that book. Um, and Maxim, uh, Saint Maximal and Almiron have done enough to keep them afloat. <laughs> um, I think Darius uh, Vassell's. And a few others have just kind of looked at him and gone, hey, mate, fuck off. We got this, okay? Yeah. Uh, we're just going to take care of it defensively, and, and you worry about them up there. Char. And, um, Char back there. And Fa- yeah, just, Fabian Char, uh, yeah, absolutely. We're, we're going to take over. We got this. So um, I don't think he's really doing a whole lot, to be completely honest with you. Uh, I remember we, we joked about it a lot. There was one pre-match. I can't remember who they were playing. <laughs> Uh, but Steve Bruce was a little late to the touchline because he was watching the cricket in the dressing room. Yep. Now, um, let's say the takeover doesn't happen. Does Ashley keep Bruce or does Ashley chop him? Because, frankly, he gave him lots of offensive weapons and he has done nothing with them offensively. I mean, the biggest, the, biggest one would be, the biggest Mike one would Asso be Joe Linton. Shit about that. You know, Mike Ashley doesn't give a shit about that. Okay. Fair enough. Now, I, I think I think them. he might fire him. I think he might fire him and try to get another manager in. Here's the thing. Mike Ashley would prefer if you develop these players so he could sell them on. But let's be honest. He bought them on the cheap anyway. So if they're a bust, they don't matter. Well, I mean and they're all they're all low risk players. On on the cheap being relative, they were cl- like in the case of uh Almarone, that's a club so- club record signing and then Joe Linton after that was a club record signing, but of like 30 million dollars, not of a lot of it was Well, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, they're relatively low risk. 20 million <laughs> is nothing nowadays. Right, right. And that's their club Although it was signing. it was only it was only 1/30th of his Belgian tax bill though. Ah, there you go. <laughs> so um, the the last little bit that I've got for you here, Sammy, is um, I told you um, I, I watched the um, Everton-Liverpool-Merseyside uh, derby from 2013 that uh, was on NBC Sports this past Sunday. Ended in a 3-3 draw. It was one where uh, Liverpool went up early. Uh, Everton tied. Liverpool went up 2-1. Everton tied, made it 2-2. And then Everton took the lead with about uh, at about the 85 minute mark, it was on a uh, brace from uh, Romelu Lukaku, and then right at the end, uh, Daniel Sturridge as a sub came on and got a header on a free kick and tied it up three three. The big talking point of that was though is that game had a um, had a serious tackle from uh, Kevin Morales on uh, on Luis Suarez. Luis Suarez. Yeah, where yep. he I, he flat out kicked him in the knee. Um, now, for those of you that are Everton and Liverpool fans, you know that that was retaliation from the FA Cup semifinal the season before, where uh, Everton was uh, controlling the bulk of the first half, and on a random corner, uh, Luis Suarez just walked over and went ahead and took a hunk out of uh, Kevin Morales's leg when nobody was looking, and then Morales got subbed out and subsequently ended up losing the game. 
Um, not that I think that was the direct result of it. I think Sylvan Distan deciding to pass it to Luis Suarez running towards the goal was probably the ultimate defining moment of why they lost that game. But uh, what's funny is is VAR. Um, if VAR was around back then, they would have definitely like just watching that foul again from Morales. There's no doubt about it. It is studs up in the knee like a diving karate kick. No doubt about it. No, absolutely it was. Um, sorry, whiskey got me a little bit there. <laughs> no worries. No, it 100% was. Uh, the other, the, so we always make mention of the old school English tackles and those sorts of things, right? Right. How much has football gotten softer just in the last seven years? Oh, my God, a ton. A you know, ton. Look, look, looking at that, um, you know, in the seventies, that wouldn't even have been a foul <laughs> necessarily. You know what I mean? There's a 50, maybe, 50, 50, ball. They're both going for it. Yeah. Maybe it would have been a regular foul and that's it. Yeah. You know, in the 2010s, I guess it's a yellow. <laughs> so, so I only, um, so, and now, it, now would have been a red, but if he sneezed on the way through, he'd have got eight matches. Yeah. So I only bring that up to uh, bring up the following point, that apparently if um, the league comes back and they go to uh, playing in closed stadiums, uh, there is talk that there will not be any VAR because at the VAR production studios, they are unable to practice social distancing. So how fucking great would that be, Sam? They can't have VAR because they can't have because, the four guys in the yeah. fucking booth around each other. <laughs> It'd be brilliant. <laughs> That'd be absolutely brilliant. I, you know what? That would literally be the best thing that came out of the coronavirus. It's time to tell you what little we know. It is prediction time. Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. I know a lot. Okay. You you got you got your bet right. Slutsk won. Oh, way to go! And where exactly Up is sluts. where is Slutsk located? And don't say Belarus. Uh, it's, they're in Belarusia, <laughs> the township of Slutsk. That's where they're at. All right, up the sluts, sluts, Slutsk. Heard. Um, I'll, um, believe it or not, they won three, two, ten man Slutsk. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. Um, they, uh, I, I, you're, you're not going to believe this, but our boy found another fucking league to bet on this week. Uh oh. And now. It's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's Pick of the Week. Weird, wild world of sports. In this week edition of sports from other parts of the world I can bet on, we have Nicaragua Primera Division. I'm guessing, I'm just guessing here. I think it's Wait, in Central the America. The Nicaragua <laughs> Primera Division. Oh. <laughs> I'm just guessing here, but I think it's in Central America. <laughs> Since I have, a, since I am uh, just gambling here, let's parlay Jalapa versus Sabanas over two point five goals for a minus one ten with uh, Jalapas to win for plus one fifteen. So a fifty dollar bet wins fifty five. And he pushed last week since no one looked it up. No, we weren't going to look it up. I totally was relying on you. So uh, sorry for not joining on Saturday, but was very hungover from the night before. Yeah, I don't know if he could manage to put it in uh, two nights of uh, box wine in a row now, could he? At least. 
All right, so we need to uh, go ahead and figure out because uh, while the through the magic of radio will be edited a little bit here, but uh, we did talk about this while you were away. We happen to mention, go ahead and cue her music. We see producer Mel throw her earphones off of her head and run out the fucking house. We got to find out. We know Jamie Vardy been hanging around the uh, coop. You got to tell us uh, what's going on with uh, Kitty. So, um, uh, since I was sitting here, I just decided to look out the window and uh, saw the tail of a fox. Uh oh. Uh, lit up the lights and uh, did a path around the coop. Did did it have uh, Tito's and Red Bull with it? Well, that was earlier when we were uh, taking a break. And then while y'all were talking, I looked up again out of the corner of my eye. Coop lights go off. This time, the fox is now next to the edge and is now doing a lap around the coop trying to figure out how to get in. Oh, did you chase it away? By the time I got out there, um, as soon as it heard me open the door, I did chase it away. But I discovered sitting up on the hill behind the coop, Uh that is where the family of deer are now sleeping. Oh, okay. So in the dark with my flashlight and my BB gun, I did see a pair of eyes. I pull my gun. I have it ready to fire. And fortunately, I noticed it was our friendly deer. Oh, man. So I am on the lookout. That is now four times Jamie fucking Vardy has been hanging around the coop. And uh, it's um, starting to get a little nerve wracking. Yeah, I've already uh, told everybody, but I could go ahead and say this to you now, Mel, since you're here. I understand I'm going to be sleeping alone tonight, as you will be out on the porch the entire night I, with uh, your gun. You are yeah. not going to be able to... This no. this show isn't going up until midday tomorrow, because she's not going to produce the show till tomorrow morning, because she is foxes. going to be all about that fucking fox. Fucking foxes. Brody and I were just texting, asking me about uh, how the fox well, has been doing. That's right. Uh so does Kitty have any uh, idea of the Nicaraguan or the Belarusian Premier League? Um, I did ask her uh, earlier when we were hanging out. Um, she is not a fan of the Russian League because of some sort of dirty deal that went down uh, once upon a time. So she doesn't watch that. But I believe it was her that tipped off Pat. So I think they both have a thing going. But well, it's not it's not the Russian league. The Belarusian league. It's oh, no, the no, no. Belarusian Me- league. She doesn't care. Mel, she Mel doesn't had care. A tongue. But um I would I would also Pat say I, I would also imagine she's probably gonna be a little bit more busy trying to get herself a restraining order. Well, I haven't said my bet yet for next weekend. Okay, what's your bet for next weekend as I gave us a, a as I gave us a perfect close for a segment, but go ahead. What is your bet, Sam? Please, please give us your bet. Well, this is the segment, isn't it? Go ahead. God damn it. Now you made me push a button because I got angry. Uh-huh. Now you know how I Hold feel. On. I was going to say, now right. you know how I feel. All right. I'm going to ride the sluts train. Uh, we're plus 110 playing uh, v- Vitebsk. FC mm-hmm. Slutsk versus uh-huh. Vitebsk. Uh, plus 110 FC Slutsk to, uh, to win. Bang. That's it. Riveting. Is there anything else? Thank you, you for add? letting me complete the betting segment where I actually place the bet. Hey, I have a bet, Sam. What's that? I bet you're not going to get the last word in. Probably not. Nope. <laughs> All right. Nothing to talk about to you. We're already over an hour. She's got a shit ton to do. So, Sammy, any parting words? 
Uh, I do have uh, real quick parting words because you were very rude as um, as we talked about our clubs and what they were doing to their people. You My neglected balls. to talk about Aston Villa. About Aston Villa, they are also continuing to pay their players and staff their full wages. They are awaiting the outcome of talks between the PFA and the Premier League to decide what they're going to do after that. And Jack Grealish is finally staying home. Anything else you need to say, Sam? Good night. No, because you'll say it again in about 30 seconds. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. I'm not this time. Fuck you. Good night. Alrighty. Well, everybody, uh, thank you very much for joining us, boys and girls. Um, we'll sure be back here next week to do this all over again, and hopefully not in such a trade track of a manner. Um, <laughs> next up is uh, going to be injury time, which is just us doing a little bit of bullshitting. We're actually going to try to keep this a little more soccer related. The last one, we uh, did a whole bunch about Joe Exotic. And then the one before that, I think we just kind of randomly talked about bullshit in general. And then we had the big questionnaire one. We need to do another questionnaire one. That's pretty good. So, uh, Sammy, guess what? You have to talk again. Tell everybody how they can find out about uh, injury time. No, I said goodnight. I'm done. <laughs> you can find injury time. Uh, you can find us at www.patreon.com backslash D football show. Uh, there are multiple tiers um, and you get a uh, pretty cool shit if, in, in my opinion on each one. So um, find that at patreon.com backslash D football show. And I know the times are hard right now, but do what you can afford. And uh, you may have a sticker coming to you, but you'll definitely have a lot of extra content. Excellent. So, uh, Till next week, everybody, for uh, the Sandy Gino over there, Samuel Graham. I'm Sam Houston. Bye. Are we clear? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're clear. <laughs>